You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Huda Nation, and welcome to the Locked On Saints podcast, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get to hear the local experts on the biggest stories, your team every day. Got a short intro for you because we have a long episode today, but a very fun one. We got Bear Motter coming through from the Locked On Rams podcast crossover episode for you today. We're talking offseason moves, week two matchup, as well as each team's season as a whole. And of course, you know we had to talk about the no call, and you might be a little surprised about how Bear actually felt about it. We got all of that coming up for you today and a little bit of land yap, of course, right here on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. All right, man, it is always a pleasure to be here with the homie Bear Motter, uh, the host of the Locked on Rams podcast. Thanks so much for being here, man. Glad that we were able to take some time to be able to do this together. Y'all make sure you follow Bear over on Twitter at LA underscore Rambling Bear. You can follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASD Bear. Hope everything's been going good for you, man. It's been a little while. Uh, it's, It's been a minute, but it's been a very hot and important minute. That's for certain. It has been a very hot and important minute. I'm so glad we got to do this. I'm running through our schedule right now. And as I was starting to put this together, uh, did week one. And I, I, you know, back in my mind, I was like, no, week two. I know this is epic. Let me turn the. Oh, my gosh. It's Saints. Yes. I get to talk with Ross Jackson. Last time we spoke, I was in a hotel room in New York yep. getting ready to go on the Rachel Ray show. That's right. uh, and the funny thing, the girl who won that was for the Saints. And I, I tried to, I wanted to get a hold of her and be like, eh, I know you're not going to the Super Bowl. You might want to, you want to sell those tickets to me. But uh, <laughs> I think she didn't care uh, to do that either. But man, yeah, it's been a while since we spoke, man. And it's hasn't gotten less interesting since we last spoke. That's for sure. Uh, we got a lot to get to today. I want to talk a little bit about your off season, some of the people that you've seen come and go through the doors and vice versa for the Rams. Obviously, we got to talk with about that game. Then we'll look at some uh, projections for this season and even looking at that week two matchup. I mean, might as well just get out of the way. I mean, Let's it's talk been about it, man. Let's do it. X amount of months now, a handful <laughs> of months. How are you feeling? How is the, the feel from your listeners about that game? Are you guys ready for this season yet or what? I think that, man, look here, I'm going to be really, really real about it. I think that everybody is still... Uh, very pissed about all of it, <laughs> uh, if I'm going to be real. Um, you know, there are some of us that come at it from an understanding of like, all right, look, they still had a shot, everything like that. But when it comes to that penalty, man, when it comes to, let's just call it what it is, you know, the, the no call. Um <laughs> it's still it's you know it still rattles a lot of cages man and I think that there's a lot of people going into this season I man look coming into 2018 after the uh, Minneapolis miracle I thought that that was like heads on fire this is about to be a whole other level of just ignorant Saints season and I can't wait I can't wait Sean Payton's going to come out petty. The fan base is going to come out petty. <laughs> Every player is going to come out petty. I'm going to be up here petty. It's going to be great, man. We're just going to have a, we're just going to have fun, man. That's what it's all about, yeah. Yeah, it, it, you're right. And you, we've seen the petty level from right after the game, which I totally understand, right? I, I oh, yeah. and the funny thing is, Rams fans, 
you know, everyone's like, oh, get over it, get over it. And there's a certain point where yeah, it's sports, right? You, you, you talked about the Minnesota miracle and you had to get over it and you had right. to start week one the next year and, and you made it to the NFC championship. And obviously you're going to have to, they're going to have to get it over, get over it and, and play again at some point. But right. I don't blame them, man. I totally get it. And and if I was a Rams fan and that happened to us, we would be pretty salty too. I, I mean, there's a level of, you know, how that went down that I understand the emotional side of that. You work so hard and it comes down to that play. We talked about it, um, you know, here on the podcast. We talked about how after that play, obviously there was a, everything from there is like an alternate universe of what could have happened, right? If it was, if it was called, right? They could have scored right, a touchdown, right. they could have ran out the block. We could have blocked the field goal. You know, who knows what would have happened, Any number right? of but things, right? Any number of things, right? But then it goes into overtime. Drew Brees gets the ball. We know the story, the interception, the kick, the the score. And next thing you know, that's it. But um, we talked a little bit off air. Uh, we're both out in the Los Angeles area. And it, this game's here in Los Angeles week two. And uh, the Coliseum is known in the last couple of years to, yeah, it could be pretty visitor heavy depending on, on the team. I, <laughs> feel I, I feel a little Cowboys. away-ish, you might say. Yes, <laughs> a, a little away-ish at time. I went to the Dallas Cowboys playoff game that, you know, I still oh, think it was yeah. Rams favored there. There was, mm-hmm. I mean, it's still going to be Rams favored, but it's going to be close. It's going to be, you know, potentially 40% Saints fans. Yep. Uh, you had mentioned. Mentioned that you, you're hearing already early news about people traveling. What do you think that environment's going to be like in LA as a home game? Saints Rams. I mean, what's that game going to be like? I think it's going to be a little unpredictable. I think that's the word that I'll use for it because I mean, like, I think that both Saints fans and Rams fans now that they're here in Los Angeles, having that home feel, uh, you know, both both in terms of receiving away teams are pretty hospitable, right? It's all about come in, enjoy the fun. Like, yes, we're 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 you're the visitor, we're the home team, we're opponents right now, but also like welcome, come through, grab some food, all of that. And I feel both of the, yeah, you know, I feel that coming from both fan bases, but. I I think this might be a little bit different. This might be a little bit, a uh, little bit unpredictable. I don't want to call it a hostile environment, but it definitely ain't going to be a very welcoming environment. I don't, <laughs> want, I don't want to say that fists will be thrown, but I'm not really going to say fists won't be thrown. You know what I mean? Yeah. So definitely, definitely, like the words are going to be flying, and it's going to be a lot of, a lot of jammering, a lot of back talk, a lot of trash talk. I think it's going to be what it is that you want to see in a competitive sports environment. I think it might feel like some of the best football in Los Angeles so far since the Rams have come back. Uh, and I think that that's going to be really great. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we see that even the players were going back and forth. You know, I still owe you a bowl of gumbo a la, uh, hey, a la Marcus Peters. You know what I'm saying? So, like, we even <laughs> saw it through there throughout the season. And so I think that it's going to be a fun environment, but it's definitely going to be uh, a tense one. You know, I feel like it's going to kind of be like – the way I would think about it is that if you have – you know, uh, a, a family engagement and you have two brothers that haven't seen each other for a little while. And one one was just a little bit more successful very recently than the <laughs> other. Not super successful because he didn't get all the way there, but still a little <laughs> bit more successful. You know what I'm saying? And then they come back together at dinner and like moms is there and then you're just kind of like kind of competing a little bit. I feel like it's going to be a little bit of that competitive nature that's going to be there, but it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be good. Yeah, I, I cannot wait for that game. Uh, it's one of those games we were talking again before we got on air. Is this something you're thinking about going to? I'm going to try to get there, but I know it's going to be the the hottest ticket in town. Yeah. And probably, 
the hottest ticket of the season uh, for the Rams, even though they have, a, a you know, obviously the Seahawks always do well when they come in and we have the Bears at home, which is a great game. So there's there's a lot of really good games on the schedule, but that by far has just got to be and for multiple reasons. I mean, you guys want revenge to say, hey, we deserve to win that game. And we want in a weird way, our own personal mental revenge of saying, hey, we deserve to beat you. We had a great game and fought back in that game, and we want to beat you to kind of shut the pettiness up, right? I mean, it was... Sure, um, yeah. We actually had, and I, I told you this before we started, but I loved... You did an ad for the network uh, that was epic in trolling the <laughs> That ZipRecruiter uh, ad. Yes, it was so fun. <laughs> and uh, I had a blast. I thought it was hilarious. We had listeners that were like, who does this guy think he is? And... Uh, <laughs> I thought it was hilarious, and but that that type of stuff, right? We can nip it in the butt. I mean, it's good. It's it's already over, and it's never going to be changed. Right. But if we can beat you week two, um, or vice versa, you can finally have that that last bit of revenge, that last taste of victory. Uh, I think it's going to be an amazing game. The Rams have played well at home, uh, and you guys got to travel across. It's early in the year, so what's chemistry like for both teams? And, and we'll kind of get into that here. Um, you know, uh, talking about the teams, but h- how things have changed looking at this off season and kind of just transitioning into that now is, you know, you, you lost Mark Ingram, but you've added uh, Jared Cook and Latavius Murray. How do you feel about the roster coming into this year? Have you done enough? Did you do just little enough to keep it the same thoughts on, on what you've done so far this off season? Yeah, so we have a lot of adjustments that have been made over here uh, in New Orleans. But real quick, before we jump right into all of that, I want to mention one of the sponsors that is supporting the show today. Big thank you to Untuck It for sponsoring Locked On. Drew Brees, of course, is a partner over at Untuck It. So, you know, every one of the shirts comes Drew Brees approved. And just like the Saints have been tinkering <laughs> and the Rams have been tinkering all offseason, Untuck It has tinkered away until they made you the perfect shirt that's designed specifically to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work and on the weekend. No tucking or tail. Required, go to untuckit.com to get the promo code 20% off using the promo code NBA. It's a great gift for Father's Day coming up right around the corner. And now we're here from just a couple more sponsors before we move on to the offseason changes for each team. Got a locked on crossover for you today locked on Saints and locked on Rams. All right, y'all. Welcome back. Ross Jackson of Locked on Saints here at Ross Jackson ASC on Twitter. And Bear Motto of Locked on Rams is here as well at LA underscore Rambling Bear. But absolutely, man, I completely understand what you're saying in terms of how it is for, look, Saints fans want to see the Saints go in and get the win that they feel like they could have been justified with in uh, December. But at the same time for the Rams to win like that and then to have to hear all of the like, oh, they Mm -hmm. didn't deserve to be in the Super Bowl. Yeah, this gives the Rams an opportunity to prove this is we were supposed to be there we were supposed to win that game we deserve to be in the Super Bowl so it's great there's a lot of stipulations very early 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 or a lot of implications rather very early in the season so it makes it a lot of fun but uh definitely going to be a little bit interesting to see how both of these teams are working and clicking it's the second game of the season because both teams underwent some very major changes so you mentioned the idea of Mark Ingram being gone he has he didn't resign with the Saints he went over to Baltimore they replaced him with Latavius Murray as you mentioned I think Latavius Murray is an excellent replacement quote-unquote for Mark Ingram I say quote-unquote because he's not going to be a one-for-one replacement he's going to be a guy that's going to come in and take some snaps but Alvin Kamara is also going to see a larger more impactful role just in terms of number of snaps so it's not just going to be like Mark Ingram's out the door Latavius Murray is in and we have a one-for-one replacement Alvin Kamara is going to see some benefit from that too we saw him play super super well throughout those first four games of the season in 2018 when Mark Ingram was gone with his suspension so it'll be really interesting and very exciting I think 
to see Alvin Kamara really get that, you know, take that next step toward the lead back role. And Latavius Murray, six foot three, two twenty with the four three speed when he came into the league five years ago. And he's a guy that always seems to fall forward. It's super effective within the red zone. He's really great within the twenties, which is something that Mark Ingram didn't really have to his game. So that's something I'm looking forward to adding is the red zone presence through the backfield. And then of course you have the red zone presence that was offered uh, that is being offered now by a guy that Rams fans are very familiar with. Unfortunately, he had to struggle through the Foles and Bradford years, but Jared Cook is now signed in New Orleans as well. Easily the best tight end that New Orleans has had since Jimmy Graham was traded away in 2015 to the Seattle Seahawks for Max Unger, who also retired because it's all connected, Bear. It's all connected, man. (laughs) (laughs) Because Max Unger then bounces. He he retires. The Saints bring in the next day another former Minnesota Viking in Nick Eason, but then, of course, make a great draft selection when they traded up to pick 48 to take Eric McCoy out of Texas A&M. So lots of tinkering on that offensive side. The defensive side, for the most part, has stayed roughly the same, but of course, before that, I don't know if I, you want to call it famous or infamous, whichever one you want to call it, uh, Rams game in the playoffs, the Saints uh, starting tackle, defensive tackle Sheldon Rankins went down with an Achilles injury in the Philadelphia Eagles game in the in the, um, in the division championship. So he's going to be gone for that game for sure. So one of the big weaknesses is going to be the defensive interior for the Saints and trying to figure out what that's going to be because more than likely that interior is going to look like David Onyemata and then Mario Edwards Jr. playing when they're in a four down and they need a three tech out there. Then they've got Malcolm Brown that came in as a nose tackle from New England, but you eh, still a little bit of a weakness there over in the uh, defensive interior and I expect that that's something that the Rams are really going to try to take advantage of because we expect or at least I expect Todd Gurley to be in a little bit more working order than he was in the playoffs last season and I imagine y'all are hoping for the same thing and of course the draft selection of Daryl Henderson I just can't wait to see that dude do some work in the NFL so how are you feeling about the running backs going in and especially knowing if we can talk specifically about this game if you want knowing that the defensive interior for the Saints might see some struggles early in the season yeah, there's a lot of question marks at the running back uh, position for the Rams. And I, I love that draft pick of Henderson. I'm really excited to see what he can really bring to the table as far as just giving McVay another weapon. But Todd Gurley and the health is is like the unknown question because it's not really a question because there's they're not really giving you anything to question. They're, hey, it's all good, man. It's all good. Actually, Steve <laughs> Weichek came out and um, – with some information basically today saying he talked with uh, the Rams organization and he talked with the trainers that are looking after Todd Gurley and that they're looking for him to drop some weight. And that's kind of the game plan. Last Mm -hmm. year at OTAs, he did full on activities and uh, was very involved in on field activities this year. They're bringing him off the field during OTAs. They're not doing any uh, hill runs, anything that's going to, you know, put strain on his body and that they're actually going to try to drop him about seven to eight pounds, make him a little bit more agile, a little Mm -hmm. bit faster, a little bit more agility to him. And I think that that's going to help out uh, with really long-term play in his knee. I expect with the Henderson, a little less carries. I mean, I'd like, obviously we signed this massive contract. I'd like to see him play out that contract. Mm -hmm. Uh, If his knee is going to be an issue long-term over, you know, 17 weeks plus playoffs, which, you know, Todd Gurley's never played that many games before in his life. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you kind of hope that you can bring back his usage a little bit. It's funny because if you go to a year ago to this day, almost I'm begging on the mic saying, give him 20, 25, 30 carries (laughs) a game. I'm like, just give him the ball. And now here I am a year later 
with a little bit more calmness going, you know, let a 15, 17, good, <laughs> like, you know, we've got enough weapons. Let's slow it down with the girly. Like, I don't, who needs an MVP? Let's just, you know, like 12 right, touchdowns right. is great for the season. Like my expectations for what I want for him, but everything that's coming out of camp, you know, they're definitely putting the shield up right now, but uh, all things are good. And just to add Henderson in there with his speed, I mean, the guy averaged nine yards per carry right. in college, which is insane. I know, yes, he played for Memphis, and yes, the, the teams that he played, you know, weren't all these Alabama and all those guys. But, man, when he did play the big boys, he still performed, and he had the explosiveness that was just perfect in this offense. So I'm excited to see him out there and being that counterpart, kind of like you guys had, you know, coming off of, you know, you're talking with Ingram and, and Kamara is yep. really that one-two punch. And if we can have that, and yes, let Gurley be the first couple punches and then throw this guy in there, I, I think that's where we can see – you know, this thing really move forward and and have Rams fans relax a little bit, the national right. media relax a little bit, and people start to understand why they moved up in the third round to go get a guy like this. And it's not to replace Gurley. It's to just add to this offense. When Cooper Cup went down, we kind of yep. slowed down a bit. Adding more weapons is just going to help us if we have any injury, you know, uh, that we can still move forward and, and be an offensive threat because, you know, we've seen our defense gave up five yards per carry on the ground last year and gave up a lot of points throughout the season. So uh, we still need to be that high flying offense. And, and if we face New Orleans at the end, or if we even get to the Super Bowl again, we realize that three points is going to get it done. We got to continue to move that offense forward. Yeah, absolutely, man. I completely, I completely understand. I think, uh, I think Rams fans will kind of calm about the idea of trading up for Daryl Henderson the moment that he they see him touch the ball. I can't tell you anything about national media except that, uh, yo, know, they tend they need to let it go. You know what I'm saying? They need to move on. They need to they need to get over it because uh, they really don't. national media is going to be a little bit of a tougher one to get to uh, to change over to your side. But I think Rams fans for sure are definitely going to really sort of uh, understand that selection a little bit quicker once they see him touch the ball because he's electric with the ball in his hand, man. Oh, 100%. And like you said, I think once everyone sees him touch the ball, we'll be just fine yep. out here in L.A. It's just it's, it's kind of that that shocking. We had a really, I don't want to say boring draft, but a lot of trade back, trade back, trade back. And yeah, then when yeah. we finally move up to get a running back, people, a lot of questions, especially we don't know what's going on with that knee. Yeah, I mean, look, in 2000 and 2016, when the Saints moved up, they moved up to, or sorry, 2017, they moved up to select Alvin Kamara, and it was the same thing. You can go back, you can look at the tweets of all the people. Why are we trading up for a third third string running back <laughs> and all this other <laughs> stuff and everything? So, like, it, the precedence is there, and if there's anybody that I feel like is going to be able to fit that ilk a little bit more, it's going to be, you know, we hear it a lot. We hear it a lot over here in the Houdat Nation, and, in, in, you know, New Orleans hears it a lot about, you know, this person can be the next Kamara, and this person, you know, they're trying to get this that Mark Ingram Alvin Kamara type chemistry yada yada we hear it a lot but when it comes to Henderson he's somebody that could truly truly be uh, that real deal aside from Henderson who's another big addition that uh, you're really excited about to see uh, in Los Angeles this season you know it, it not so much through the draft but mm -hmm. what we've done in, in free agency really it, it's you know a combo of the two guys we added on defense which is Clay Matthews what does he have left I mm -hmm. mean I think that's the big question he seems highly motivated to show the rest of the league that he's got a lot left he uh the Rams and and our defense seem to think that we've got a pretty good way of fitting him in I don't think he's you know they're kind of putting him as an outside linebacker and he's going to come off the edge, but I think they're going to throw him all over the place in this defense and kind of just create different launch points for him and just kind of create havoc on where is this guy and then have Fowler on the other side. And I think this defense is going to be a lot of fun to watch. And then obviously Eric Weddle, a guy that talked yeah. about retirement 
and then said, well, you know what? I just love McVay so much, which I'm already like, I get it, right? I'm like, I, this guy gets me. Uh, <laughs> having him come out here for a couple more years, have him be able to kind of tutor John Johnson the third. And the funny thing is, is, you know, you see Flacco in Denver and he's like, I'm not here to help this rookie. Like that's my job to I win ball games. I hate that, dude. And, I hate that so <laughs> and much. Eric Weddle is literally every day is like, my whole goal is to make sure this guy gets better every day. And dude. I'm going to teach him everything I know. And it's like, it, it's such a perfect fit. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Rams mantra mantra is we, not me. And he fits right in. And it's like another head coach. I mean, he always talked about on the offense, Jared Goff was kind of coming into being the McVay on the field. They, you know, he's always in his ear, you know, whether some people think maybe a little bit too long or not, but <laughs> he's always there to kind of coach him through it. And, and, you know, he's starting to be able to do the audibles and he knows what McVay wants. And then on the defense side of the ball, now we've got Eric Weddle, that's basically that. So um, not big-time signings. We waited through the free agency mm -hmm. when all the big names went, uh, spent little amount of money. These are one, two-year deals, couple million, but I think they're going to pay off big-time with some, you know, some of the other guys that left. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like the Saints and the and the Rams had pretty similar, uh, pretty similar approaches in free agency. The Saints didn't really jump early. They had one person that they tried to move on quickly, which was Adam Humphreys. But once uh, New England and Tennessee got into that bidding war, they removed themselves from that. The biggest piece of the biggest piece in terms of spending that happened took twelve days to make happen. Nobody knew where Jared Cook was for like two weeks, and then we were trying to figure out where he. You know, there was the idea of. It, all we knew is that he was on a visit to New Orleans and then nobody heard of him for eight days. And then he, all of a sudden he posted a picture on Instagram. Everybody's like, oh, okay, he's alive. Everything's fine. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, four days later, he ends up getting signed. But I feel like the patient, uh, the patiently waiting type of free agency play was really, really beneficial, especially in the safety class in particular, because we saw some massive contracts early in free agency to safeties for sure. Yeah, and that's right. I mean, you let everyone else pay the big bucks yep. and kind of just hold on to... Uh, finding a guy that fits perfect. And I think that's what Weddle is going to bring. And and you never know. I mean, I, I'm excited for, you know, they drafted Taylor Rapp as well. Mm -hmm. uh, he gets to kind of sit behind those guys as well as they're two, as you know, Weddle is kind of teaching John Johnson. Rapp gets to be there as well. And uh, David Long, another guy, cornerback out of Michigan, which one my favorite stat about this guy is, you know, only giving up 18 completions his whole career at Michigan, which is just mind boggling to me like that. You know, <sighs> by the end, basically, we had the guys from Lockdown Wolverines come and talk to us and they said they stopped throwing to him because Anytime they did, it just led to an interception, a, you know, a, a batted ball, uh, and people just stopped going his way. He kind of created that aura around him. Being able to add him to Tlaib and Peters is kind of fun. We saw uh, Tlaib go down, so having depth there. This team, they really drafted for the future, but still mm -hmm. having talent in the front. Um, a team top to bottom is just kind of fun, and, and, you know, a lot of young guys on the defense. You know, we got Micah Kaiser at the linebacker position. I think he got a handful of snaps, you know, played in the preseason last year. But this is going to be his first major action, and we're basically, at this point, looking at him to be a starter. So there's there's going to be some interesting plays. we got two guys on the offensive line with Noteboom and Brian Allen at the center position that mm -hmm. it's, you know, their first season. So, you know, as much as we have some talent around, there's some young guys with some important roles that, you know, could be interesting. 
Yeah, absolutely. Saints have a good bit of uh, going on with them with their uh, draft class and everything coming in. I mean, Eric McCoy was a huge get for the Saints in terms of making sure that they're continuing to build up that offensive line and sort of try to protect from what happened last year. It's where the interior offensive line pressure, or rather interior defensive line pressure through the interior offensive line became such a huge nuisance for the Saints offense last season toward the end. It's pretty much week 13 on after that Cowboys game. And so they're starting to work or they really sort of dedicated time to working on that depth and working on the quality of players there. Getting Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, the safety out of Florida at 105 in the fourth round was just incredible for New Orleans to be able to add a playmaker like that to the team. And then a couple of other selections. I mean, you can look at uh, Caden Ellis, who was the last and who actually came on the podcast on Monday and had a great interview here on Locked on Saints, which was a lot of fun. But uh, he's somebody that's sort of like getting compared to Taysom Hill in terms of being the Taysom Hill of the defense. He can play literally everywhere. Dude is 225 and played three tech in a game at Idaho. And so he's really played all over the place uh, so there's just a lot of I think it's gonna be great man I think there's gonna the thing that's gonna be really exciting about seeing a meeting early in the season is that there's still gonna be some tinkering happening and mm-hmm. so we'll yeah so we'll get to see all of that calibration happen throughout the game and then more than likely these two teams I imagine are gonna meet again in the playoffs next season and then so we'll get to see a little bit more polished uh, product uh, a little bit more of a polished product than what we saw early in the season I think it's gonna be shape up to be a pretty pretty good pair of meetings uh, in uh, 2019 for the Saints and Rams yeah, I'm excited about about all those meetings, hopefully multiple meetings, because this is kind of a rivalry that's building just from one game. Right. Uh, you know, obviously, we've seen some really good games in the regular season, but that game really cemented that if these two teams continue to meet, that it's going to be awesome things. Uh, what we'll do is we'll take a quick break. We'll step aside, grab a couple words from some sponsors. We'll be right back on the other side, finish this thing up. We'll talk a little bit about uh, what the season's going to look like, what that game week two is going to look like, maybe some predictions. We'll be right back on the other side. Ross Jackson, Bear Motter. This is a Lockdown crossover. All right, guys, we are back. We have got Ross Jackson from Lockdown Saints. That's at Ross Jackson, A-A-S-C, all Saints considered. I am Bear Motter, Lockdown Rams, L-A underscore Rambling Bear. Don't forget, you can find all of our podcasts on the new streaming app, Himalaya. It's free. Check it out. They curate what you're listening to and bring you all the stuff that you like from podcast to music. So you can check out all of our Locked On Podcast Network, every single show over there, all the baseball, the basketball, the football. Check it out. Go download the new streaming app, Himalaya. And today's show is actually brought to you by Grip 6 Belts. It is an ultra lightweight, no holes, no flap. It's a great Father's Day gift. Go to grip6.com. Has a special offer when you go there. Just enter the promo code locked on. That's grip6.com backslash locked on. The best belt you will ever buy and the last belt you will ever need. So look at that. They got untuck it and a grip six. So if you're not wearing your untuck it shirt, you can go and get your grip six belt and your your one happy camper. But that's absolutely uh, it. Yeah. (laughs) As we're talking about happy camper, I mean, we said it at the beginning of the show, man. We are stoked. That week two is this matchup. We don't have to wait till, you know, I was looking at the Bears game, week 11. It's like, all right, I got an awesome game near the end of the season. That's going to be a bunch of fun, but you got to build up. You know, is there people, are the people going to be healthy? You know, so many question marks. Uh, thankfully, we're not traveling for us out to Chicago late in the year, but this is early. This is right away. Uh, strap it up. And like you said, a lot of tinkering still happening. When you look at this game, you know, is there anything that jumps out at you as far as concerns, early concerns? I, I know you mentioned the D line, but 
How are you looking at this game and how it'll match up? Is it better it's early in the season? Just talk to me about this matchup. Uh, if you're feeling cheeky and you, you want to throw out a prediction, go for it. But we'll kind of talk back and forth about how this game's going to line up week two. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think for me, I, I, you know, Cam Jordan was on NFL Network a couple months ago. I think he was on All Access, if I remember correctly. And he was talking about how, you know, he wanted that Rams game to be week four or five so that there was some time to sort of get the kinks out. We know that the Saints haven't really over the last few years been a very strong team in September. Last year, they kind of changed that. They lost the first game of the season, but then they went on that 10-game winning streak, which included a couple of pair uh, a pair of wins in uh, September. So that was good to see. And so we hope that coming into this season, they've sort of figured out how to get through. Really, they started struggling in September when the new CBA came out and there was you know fewer contact, less contact in training camp and things like that, more restrictions on that. That's when the struggling started to happen for them in September. So hopefully by now, they've figured out sort of how to work around that and how to get what they need to be prepared to go in September. Uh, I love the fact that this game is early. I, 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 like I said, I like that we get to sort of see both of these teams trying to calibrate against one another because these aren't the same two teams that played against one another in December and then that played again earlier in the season before that last year in 2018. These are two completely different teams that are going to have different approaches and different, potentially different philosophies coming into a brand new season. And so to see them come at this early, calibrate, and sort of be able to uh, sort of shift against one another and really play to each other's strengths and then trying to attack each other's weaknesses is going to be a lot of fun and then hopefully we get to see a more polished product toward the end of the season the only thing I would have liked better and maybe this is just me being selfish but the only thing I would have liked better than seeing this game in week two would have been seeing it open the season week one mm-hmm. no I totally agree with you. I think everyone was like Monday night football yeah it's got to be Saints Rams like and and I'm, I'm curious because uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't, I don't even think it's, um, you know, it's not the Sunday night game. It's just, it's, it's yeah. maybe the game of the week yeah, uh, I think best. It's in the later slot, but mm-hmm. it's, it was shocking to me that the NFL didn't take advantage of it. I know I can't imagine what scheduling a whole NFL schedule is like and how they've got to figure out not only, you know, even for the Rams, I mean, sharing the stadium with USC and thinking of back to back games right. and, you know, all these different things and moving pieces on how it works. But uh, I was a little shocked myself that, you know, they wanted to give it to us early, but they were kind of almost, I don't want to say they were downplaying it with the way they built the schedule, but in a sense, uh, in my heart, they were, and it sounds like in your heart, they were too, but you're right that that early game is so interesting because, um, you know, these are two coaches that are students of the game, right? That mm-hmm. watch crazy amounts of film that are so prepared when they come and play each other. So it's not like they get a lot to look at, right? The Rams right. aren't going to play anybody in the in the preseason. Yeah, you can go back to last year's film, but, you know, you're looking at a completely different offensive line. Mm-hmm. You've got a whole new weapon that we talked about in Henderson on the Rams side. And I'm expecting... Uh, Sean McVay to come, you know, it's not like he's going to use his old, you know, last year's playbook. Yeah, he's going to throw in some looks and we'll see a lot of 11 personnel, but there's even some early talks that maybe they'll move away from the 11 personnel. They were at like 90% of the time they're running in that formation. So uh, with, you know, trying to create some different looks with two running backs and uh, this is going to be kind of bring your best and you can study and you can know your opponent as much as you think you want, but it's that early in the season that there's not a lot to look on. So um, yeah, I love that aspect of it. Two teams coming out here. I really think it in, in, you know, my take on it is that this is going to be a really close game. I don't mm-hmm. think this is a, a blowout either way. I don't think it's a 10 point win either way. Maybe, you know, a late field goal to make it a 10 point game. But I, I think the Rams squeak it out in a highly um, 
I don't want to say shootout, but I think this will be in, you know, 28, 34, 28, mm-hmm. 31 type of uh, affair where we'll see some offense. And, you know, it's not the dome that we saw all those points in the last couple of games, but obviously Drew Brees is, is no, um, you know, stranger to putting up points. That offense hasn't changed that much. And you mentioned the first four weeks of, of last year when Kamara got the the nod as far as being the go time guy. Uh, I can expect that they're going to try to run the ball on us pretty heavily. Uh, they tried to do that in the playoffs and try to, you know, at least make that be known that they're going to run the football and work off of that. And I, I likewise, I think the Rams are going to try to do the same mm-hmm. thing. But uh, we'll see if Todd Gurley can get going or how that really works. But I'm excited for this game. Nonetheless, I think the Rams do squeak it out just because of the home field advantage. But we talked about that earlier. Will it be home field advantage? Yeah, I don't right. know. I can see. Uh, but I, the only reason I'm also, I mean, obviously being a Rams fan and, and covering the Rams, but I just don't know if I'm ready for the trolling if if that game goes south for the Rams because the Saints have got to be – one, it's going to be so many fans out there, and it's one of those games for the Rams. If you're looking at the season, you're trying to build what's the season going to be like, and I'm sure the Saints could say the same thing, but it's a game, and and who thought you could have a must-win week two, but I think this is one of those games that is kind of a season builder off mm-hmm. this massive sets the tone. match. Yeah, sets the tone. You know, you, you're getting one of the best teams in the NFC in your house. You got to protect your house and you got to show everyone, you know, you went last year, what, 11 games, 10 games in a row without mm-hmm. uh, a loss last year. So, um, you know, I think it's one of those where the Rams got to come out and really, really are going to need that win. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually giving, uh, so, you know, we got to keep this interesting, right? So I'm giving this one to the Saints, but I'm also keeping it close 23-21. I look at it to be a little bit more of a low scoring game because I expect both teams to focus on the run. So I don't really, I'm hoping for it not to turn into a shootout and to be a little bit more smash mouthy with, uh, with some big pass plays and some big game breaking plays that come off of what is set up by both teams run games. That's the way that I'm looking at this one. I expect both of these defenses to be greatly improved from the beginning of last season as as well both teams really struggled on the defensive side particularly in, pa- in pass defense early on in the season but then got a little bit better as the season progressed uh, the Rams certainly got much better as a run defense team uh, going into the playoffs Saints were pretty solidly good against the run all season and then got better against the uh, against the pass so I expect both of them to be a little bit more on their footing already earlier in the season especially against one another uh, and my recommendation is that if the Saints win this game I know for a fact that there are some some Saints uh, some Saints fans that are showing up Saturday before the game and are staying through Saturday of the next week. So Rams fans, if you see a Saints fan in the street, just just turn around and walk the other way, man, because they're going to be bringing the troll. They're going to be bringing the troll the entire <laughs> time, and you can't be mad at them. You can't be mad at them. But I'm just saying, don't engage. <laughs> yeah, no. And you you said it earlier. You said um, I think you said I'm not going to say there aren't going to be fights, but <laughs> however you said it. But I'm leaning towards there's unfortunately i think there's going to be some fights rather it's the coliseum right. this thing is is got a different level of energy to it i'd love to see it not go that way but hopefully it's a good game you talk about smash mouth football it might be smash mouth you know <laughs> watching as well but um i want to talk a little bit really quick before we get out of here maybe do a little um you know predictions as well on on who you think will have a big game mike mike thomas has been a one of the leading candidates for running this thing even further right for for 
hyping this up. The saltiness level is on a different level with him. He's going to want to have a big game. Obviously, the Rams are going to want to shut him down. Uh, is this a game where he kind of goes crazy, or is this kind of a Jared Cook revenge game, or is this Alvin Kamara? Out of those three guys, who do you think has you know the MVP, the game ball, shall you say, of that game? Yeah, I mean, that's the beautiful thing about this Saints offense this season is that the focal point, you can't really focus down on any one player. It's going to become a little bit of a pick your poison for opposing off. Uh, sorry, opposing defenses this season. I think that this is going to be a pretty good game for Michael Thomas, though. I think he's going to find a way to fight through. He's going to get double teamed. In many cases, he's going to get triple teamed. But I think that this is a game to where he's just going to try to establish his reputation further as somebody that backs up his talk. And he's continuously done that throughout the 2018 season. Uh, and we expect to I, I really expect to see him do it again and to start it early in 2019 because in in week one as the Saints take on the Houston Texans he's going to be playing against one of the other guys that's considered to be one of the best uh one of the best wide receivers in the league that's Nuke Hopson who's going to uh, hop, uh sorry Hopkins that's going to be over there so he's going to try to have a big game there up against uh somebody that he respects very highly but also is somebody that he contests with for that best wide receiver in the league type title and then he's going to try to follow it up week two I think with a big game against the Rams who seem to be if if not every Saints fans arch nemesis certainly his arch nemesis as it looks (laughs) so I look at it to be uh to be a big game for him but really I put this one on the shoulders of the defense and I'm looking at Cam Jordan having a big game as a pass rusher in this game I I really have him as uh, in contention for um defensive player of the year this season and that's not just me being a homer I think he's somebody that's been consistently in the conversation over the last couple years but this is an opportunity for him to really back it up with a third straight season season of you know double digit sacks which is something that you know really could help speak to him he created that stat a couple years ago of a triple double with uh double digits and tackles for a lost sacks and passes defended i look for him to have a big season this season and to start it off early as well what about for you over on the uh over on the ram side yeah i think really it's it's a very similar to kind of what you said the nice thing about our offense is kind of pick your poison mm-hmm. on who you want to go to. I think really for us to have a good game, it, it starts with Jared Goff, right? Right. So I, I'd probably give the game ball to him, the pregame game ball to Jared Goff for being able to deliver the ball all over the place, whether that's, you know, the return of Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks. But kind of what I was getting at with Todd Gurley earlier, one of the things that they were talking about uh, when I heard them kind of speaking on him earlier today was kind of about losing the weight is being able to use him a little bit more as a pass catcher, not having to run him through the tackles and run him up the middle and, you know, fight with all those big guys and get pounded up there, but to kind of get him in space and do what he does best, make people miss. So um, the combination of him and Henderson and kind of being able to use that one-two punch, I think, is what is going to be really exciting to me because with this type of game and you're looking at more of a smash mouth and I'm thinking a little bit more wide open. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I honestly, if, if I had to pick, I probably would like the smash mouth because I'd like to keep it a little bit tighter and and have it come down to a couple possessions, a couple big plays. But uh, that's where the Rams seem to really shine last year. But I think it's going to be Jared Goff. He's going to be um, he's really going to be the, the personal MVP for the whole team kind of this whole year his the way that he approaches each game and the way that he can move he, I mean he is the offense everything goes through him uh Todd Gurley's health is is really a question mark at this point although I'm starting to feel a little bit better about it day by day <laughs> but maybe that's maybe that's just the LA weather that's getting to me and I've just got these good vibes but um yeah I think it's Jared Goff is going to be the guy for us and if you look over the season we'll kind of end with this here mm-hmm. um looking at your schedule you know fully where do you 
see the Saints at the end of the year? Maybe a record or how far can this team go? What What's really the expectation for you guys? I mean, uh, it's a little bit tough for me to get. I don't even know what the 53-man roster looks like at this point, so it's tough for me to give a season sort of schedule or a season record prediction. But I think that the expectation for the Saints for this season is it's another one of those Super Bowl or bust years. Uh, I mean, after having two Super Bowl-ready rosters, it seemed, over the last two seasons, and then for the seasons to end the way that they did, I think the expectation for 2019 is that you know, look, these things can only happen so many times and eventually it has to be within the Saints control. And if this season ends up being within the Saints or not if this season ends up being, this season will be in the Saints control, but if they can keep control of it, then they'll put themselves into a a good position to compete for a Super Bowl this year. And I think that that's the goal and that's the expectation in New Orleans. Yeah, same over here. I mean, I think last year, you know, going back to a couple years ago, is make the playoffs. They make the playoffs. They lose to Atlanta in the first round. The year after that, it's really make the playoffs and win a game. You know, advance. Show that you can move forward past where you got last year. Uh, They went all the way to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, obviously the next, you know, natural selection is to go and win the Super Bowl. But I don't think for me that's not my expectation. My expectation is to get back to the NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's kind of where I think this team could be a 12, 13-win team. You know, looking at the schedule, I think we're on the easier side of schedules. We start out really hard. We have Carolina. We've got you guys. Then we get Cleveland, uh, Tampa Bay, then Seattle. So, you know, four out of those, three of the five games are are pretty tough games, four of the five potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a tough start to the season. And then it kind of opens up for us a little bit. And obviously we have some you know, tough matchups. So we at Pittsburgh, we have Chicago at home. Uh, We play at Dallas late in the year. So there are some good games throughout the season, but I think still, again, this team can get to that, you know, 12, 13 win mark, I think would be on the high side of things of where Mm -hmm. I feel good. Um, But it's really, it it always comes down to, we saw how important it is to get that home field advantage in the playoffs, how this really comes and, and looking for that number one seed, I think really is the ultimate goal. Uh, But if not fighting through the playoffs again and finding yourself in the NFC championship with a chance to go to the Super Bowl, because that's all they really want is an opportunity. You want to win your division. I think we still feel pretty good about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, That would be our third time in a row for these guys if they could do that. But uh, last year we swept the division. No one even beat us. So I don't know if we could do that again. That might be a stretch. But yeah, 11, 12 wins. NFC championship and that's kind of where I'm circling as far as expectations that's a, that's high right I mean that's both good. of us are, are, yeah. are really high on expectations that's it. Uh, so it could be a big letdown depending on injuries and how things go and, and the, we talked about the gelling of a team but um, both these teams man I think we should be seeing in some highly competitive football late late in the year yeah, absolutely, 100%. So, you know, I'll see you week two, and then hopefully again, I'll see you in December. And, uh, you know, no matter what, regardless of how uh, most Saints fans go, the good news is that Bear and I will not be throwing fists at one another. Uh, we're going oh, to no. we're, we're gonna be here to keep the peace. Uh, the, only so. thing we're, the only thing we're throwing at each other is maybe, like, rounds of beers, man. We're, That's we'll it, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to throw a beer your way. You're going to throw a beer back. You know, we can meet at, uh, what was that bar you're telling me? 504, oh, 504 Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, it's that New Orleans-style bar out here in L.A., man. We'll go and have some, we'll get some gumbo, we'll drink some beers, and we'll laugh at all, all the saltiness that's going back left and right because it's not just the Saints fans, man. That's right, man. The it Rams goes both ways. are putting it right back. I don't know how many times I've seen that video of uh that saints bar where they're dancing to the song and they're like all jacked up and then the field goal and then they're all quiet i mean i think rams fans post that like once a week on my on my feed so uh it goes both ways man but i thank you so much for coming on 
at Ross Jackson ASC. Go give him a follow. Uh, this man's throwing it down all the time on Lockdown Saints. You can also find me at LA underscore Rambling Bear uh, and Lockdown Rams. All of us are on Himalaya. Go check it out. Download it. It's free. Ross, my man, I look forward to talking to you. And, and we'll be talking soon. Week two is just around the corner, it feels like. Well, yeah, absolutely, man. It's coming up quick, and I can't wait to get it underway, and I'll see you week two. All right, y'all. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in, and a big thank you to Bear for taking the time for this crossover episode. Always fun doing these. Really enjoy uh, getting to do these, especially with Locked on Rams and Bear. We are, we got a good friendship going on, so it's a lot of fun talking about uh, you know everything that's going on between the Saints and Rams throughout the offseason, heading into the next season. Should be a fun rivalry moving forward in the next couple of years, or rivalry forming. There's a more important rivalry that Saints fans and the Saints are worried about with the Atlanta Falcons, but it is as it is. Sorry, y'all. Coming up throughout the rest of the week, we'll continue to update on Gerald McCoy and his upcoming visit with the Panthers. So much for that worried about being in a culture of winning. So we'll talk more about that. And then we'll also uh, get started with our 2018 individual seasons in review. We'll get started with Cam Jordan, as I talked about in Wednesday's episode. So we'll get started with all that. And I've got some questions to answer from the Locked on Saints Facebook group as well. So I got all that coming up for you on Friday. For right now, I'm going to say as always do thank you so much everybody for coming through once again i am ross jackson you can find me on twitter at ross jackson asc hit me up let me know how the family's doing let me know how you're living let me know how your mom and them tell your friends family and fellow saints fans about the podcast and please take the time to rate review share retweet all that helps out a lot to find locked on saints you tell your smart device to play podcast locked on saints at home and in your vehicle and be sure to subscribe on google play apple podcast spotify stitcher and the new himalaya podcast app so you know when the newest episodes drop every monday through friday thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family this has been locked on saints and Trust who that nation? Yeah. I'll holla at you. <laughs>